Hey, welcome to Tuesday Take, where we sit down with Pastor James and ask a few questions and hear some additional thoughts from this week's sermon. Good afternoon. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing good. That's good, man. That's good. Um, Nice uh, quarter zip you got on today. Thank you. Uh, For those of you listening, James has a quarter zip that says LSU National Champions 2019. So Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Good year. Good Mm -hmm. year. Well, uh, we're going to jump into uh, today. You know, Sunday, James, we had an overview of what we're about to walk through in the book of Matthew over the next um, little bit. And so just wanted to sit down and ask some questions um, okay. that are, are kind of practical, more applicable for our lives. And so jumping into these, man, Jesus proclaimed the good news of the kingdom. Um, I think that's something that we can see through his ministry. And I think in our lives, we're supposed to um, resemble Christ in everything we do. Um, we're supposed to live that out as well. Um, but I think one of the big things that we do as believers is we don't share our faith well all the time, and we push people to, well, if you can come hear my preacher on Sunday, whenever realistically, we have the call on our lives as well to share the gospel. So where does that rub come in? Why don't we do that as well like Jesus did? Well, I'll say this up front, and this doesn't apply to everybody, but I think some people don't talk about the kingdom because it's hard to talk about the kingdom if you're not a part of the kingdom. You know, So, mm. so I think that's one up front is it's really hard to talk about something you don't know. And so for some people, the reason why they don't talk about the kingdom is it could be they may not be a part of the kingdom. And so therefore, it's hard to you know, speak about what you don't know. Um, but I think also sometimes we see this, and, and this is Jesus, and you see the disciples. You know, it says they, he, he came preaching or proclaiming. And so most of the time when we hear that, we typically associate that with maybe say what I do on Sunday. And so I think most people are like, I don't know if I'm really, you know, that's James's deal. You know, he's called to that. And so I don't necessarily have to do that. But even just to see, like, we're about to move in the Sermon on the Mount or in parables or sometimes these conversations that take place are actually between just his disciples. It's more of like a small group. It's more of one-on-one. It's more, you know, and so it's it's more conversational. Some is very formal teaching. I mean, he says he did go to the synagogue and teach and on the Sermon on the Mount, he'll teach on the hillside to, to, to people, but also it's this relational thing. And so I think for a lot of us is to understand, yes, I think there is a formal side to proclaiming the gospel and teaching the gospel, but also there's a very relational aspect to it. Mm. And for us to, to see that as we're called to spread the kingdom, to talk about the kingdom, you know, and to realize like, and maybe it goes into being a disciple too of, of seeing the kingdom a part of all of my life, you know, and so bringing in talking about the kingdom, um, you know, all the time. And so, like, even today, I, I was at Wasman today. We're doing this mentorship thing for kids at Wasman, and I was talking to some today, and it's like, hey, as, you're, as we're talking about leadership, you know, you start to talk about the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And so it's just kind of this natural. It's like, hey, we want to bring bring the gospel and the kingdom and to talk about those things. Just we want it to be a natural thing, a part of our life, you know. And so I could be intimidating because maybe we don't know everything. We may not be a part of the kingdom, or it could be sometimes we think of it as a very, it has to be this very formal thing, and, and sometimes we, or some people can get discouraged of, you know, does that mean I need to go on the street corner and preach? Maybe, um, but it also means just talking to our our kids about it uh, before they go to bed. Maybe it means um, when we're at work, when we're eating lunch, you know, because a lot of times what Jesus did is 
just as life as they were going, you know, they yeah. would stop and, you know, <clears throat> see this and then he would start with a parable or, you know, whatever it may be. So a lot of times it was like as they went, as things came up, say, hey, man, this is a great opportunity to, to point out the kingdom. You're talking about a movie to, to say, hey, man, there's some things about this thing that we can see that relates to the gospel, you know. So. Yeah. Um, man, joining the kingdom is hard um, because it's completely opposite of things that we want. So knowing this, how do we fight that internal conflict of, I know that this is what I want, but I know that the kingdom that Jesus is talking about is completely different. So that fight, how do we, how do we fight that well? Yeah, so the, in the scripture speaks of this often, this, almost this war between the spirit and the flesh, you know. Uh, one of my mind uh, ran to, you know, Galatians, because that's one of the things that he talks about in Galatians is there's this this war, keeping a step. He says, he does this in uh, this Galatians, Galatians 5, 16, says, But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, and they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not on the law. And so he kind of talks about like this this war, in a sense, that's going on. And, and, and I think that's the difficulty of living in where we are is, you know, being a part of the kingdom is that we are saved, but there's still this tension that exists in our life of the flesh still exists and the world still exists, the kingdom of the world. And the, as John talks about it, you know, the, the love of the world and the things of the world and all these things still exist. So I think that's why we feel a lot of this tension in our life is because um, they're at war with one another, you know, yeah. the, the spirit and the, and the flesh and the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of, of man. And and so I think, of course, what Paul says I think is good for us is like to remind like, hey, this is why we need to abide in Jesus. This is why we need to walk in the spirit, you know. And that's one of the things I was praying this morning uh, on my way here is just like, Lord, help me to see things, not just the physical things, but just to see what you're doing and to see your kingdom and and, and to, to not just process everything through the way the world would process things or see things. And, and I think that's hard for us, you know, because if we're honest, the kingdom of, the, of, of heaven, the kingdom of God, when we think about it, is it's unseen, you know. I mean, it, we do see it tangibly, but it's kind of hard to, you know, it's kind of like a concept that seems kind of just out, far out there, you know. And so for us to, to think about that is, you know, even Paul will say it, you know, the, the invisible, that which is not seen is eternal. Yeah. But it's like, well, it's <laughs> kind of hard for me to grasp that because it was unseen, you know. And so that, I think that's why for a lot of us we revert back to the world, the things of the world, you know, is because it's like, okay, this is a little more tangible um, and – Versus the kingdom of God, but I, I do. I, I, there is this tension. I think that we see existing in all of us. You know, this war that goes on within us, and um, while we need to constantly be filled with the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, you know, and submit ourselves. I think that's what, it, in a sense, walking with the Spirit is submit. Say, Holy Spirit, lead me today, you know, and help me. Even as we're about to get into the Sermon on the Mount, you know, of, I want to live the way the, the way I'm supposed to, and yeah. that and that's hard because it it conflicts. You know, like I I was listening to this, not not that we're going to get super controversial this morning. We might, I don't know, but, you know, like Andy Stanley, um, and I know there's different views on Andy Stanley, but, you know, he's doing a series right now that's uh, about politics, and one of the things that he's really pressing against is well, it doesn't matter whether you're independent, you know, uh, Democrat, or you're conservative, it doesn't matter where you where you land, that to follow Jesus and to be a part of the kingdom is going to rub against wherever you mm. vote, and... And that's hard for us, you know, because 
the kingdom of God is very different than the kingdom. And we're going to see that in, in the Sermon on the Mount very clearly, um, that the way that we're supposed to live out. And, but uh, that's intentional because we're, we're to be a part of the kingdom of God and, and to represent to the world, like, hey, we don't live like the world. We, we're a part of a different kingdom, you know? Yeah. Like, I love America, but this isn't, my, mm. this isn't mine anymore. I'm a citizen of, an, of, a, different, of a different place, and I'm a citizen of heaven. And, and so, therefore, I live that way. And so I, that's where that rub... It's hard for all of us as there's that, but I'm, I'm a citizen of heaven, but yet I still live in America. And so there's that rub of, of seeing how everyone lives and then, but how I'm supposed to live, you know, in the kingdom. So, yeah, man, <clears throat> yeah, um, we see in the passage Sunday that Jesus calls out to these guys and tells them come and be fishers of men. What exactly, like, if you could break that down, what does that mean? Well, what does a fisherman do, Shane? Well, he catches fish. <laughs> yeah. So this would have been, which I'm sure for the disciples would have been, um, they would have known what he was speaking about because they're they, yeah. that's this that's, that's their profession, right? They catch fish, and so probably to hear that would have been kind of weird, you know, like some will follow you and catch people, <laughs> you know, and and what does that mean? But I, I, I maybe just quickly, just brief, said it Sunday. But I love that the Great Commission that we're called to make disciples that we're that, that that's the way this kingdom. Works and and I think this is hard for us, and even just if I can be honest, of just something that I've indicated within me and our church that I think needs to be more, more of a focus is our our goal should be making disciples. And I know that sounds cliche and that sounds oh that's what you're supposed to do, but this has been the whole model. the The whole model of the kingdom is not get a big crowd, bring everybody there, and then do that. It's one on one being with people walking with people, making disciples who will then eventually make disciples. And this is the way that God's designed it to be. And so I love that he states it here. He's like, hey, you, th- from now on, you're going to be about catching people, and you're going to be about investing in and being fishers of men and, or, and women, and, and so and we're to be the same thing in our life. And so I think that's something that we have to remember um, of this whole thing is like, uh, what was it? I can't remember who said it, but he was like, what Jesus is after is he's after disciples. Like that's what he wants. He wants disciples. And sometimes we don't focus on the discipleship like we should. Me personally, or even just general on how we set up and do church is that I was convicted by this. This is kind of this maybe be off topic or we're chasing tangents or whatever. But even in life groups, we we were walking through the Mark and listening to Francis Chan teach through, and he was even talking about like what's interesting is we want a crowd, and that's what we want. What's interesting is when you we'll see this throughout the Gospels is that there's a crowd that follows Jesus, and many times when that crowd starts to follow, he starts saying really hard things. Yeah, and uh, most of them end up leaving, and they're not disciples. And you're like, Jesus and his ministry was never about the crowd. Now, did he show compassion to the crowd? Did he love the crowd? Yes. Did he call the crowd? Yeah, for sure. But he he was very specific in what he did, and we're very opposite of that. You know, we don't salvation's a little too hard. Um, let's just be about the crowd. And look, we want to love the crowd and, and all those kind of things. But you see, I think here in Fishers of Men, Disciples, and even the Great Commission, it's always been about making disciples who make disciples. And that's the way, it's the way this thing grows. Yeah. You know? and, and I think the way that it's supposed to. Um, but sometimes that's harder or slower than we like <laughs> for things to go. And so therefore it's like, well, let's just do it a different way. You yeah. Know? Um, your last point, you talked about some mysteries and some tension 
that exists in Jesus' ministry through healing. Do you have any additional thoughts or any more thoughts on that? So here's where I think the tension exists in the healing and deliverance ministry of Jesus. I, I'm going to make a statement, and um, I, I think this. I think most Bible-believing Christians, I'm not saying everybody, because people deny the miracles of Jesus, but I think most Bible-believing, faithful Christians affirm and believe everything we read and every story of healing and deliverance that we're going to read through the rest of the Gospels. They would affirm this happened, this is what Jesus was about. But I think the, the tension and the rub exists is as we carry out the kingdom, I think we're like, okay, well, yeah, let's let's proclaim the kingdom. Yes, let's uh, make disciples. But then when it comes to healing and deliverance, we're like, that's eh, kind of, I don't know. And then for a lot of times it just gets left out or gets manipulated either way. And so I think that's where the tension exists is not, for most Bible, is not did this happen. I think most would uh, would say yes, we affirm what happened. But I think where the tension lies is, is this now something we are to carry on mm. in the way we do ministry? I would say yes. But I think the, the, the tension lies and that we address Sunday is there's this tension because we see Jesus, the same spirit who empowered Jesus, the same spirit that is in us, uh, is Jesus still going to be about the same things for his kingdom then as he is now? We would say, yes, he doesn't change. He's the same. But I think where the, the tension lies is our experience, right? So we see Jesus, what does he do? People come to him, brings healed, and usually what happens? Instantaneously. instantaneously words are hard. Instantaneously. <laughs> He touches them, or, or like as we look at the lady who had the blood disorder, just touches the hem of his garment, just yeah. reaches for his cloak, and she's instantly healed. And so we, we hear these stories, and then we think about our life, and sometimes we don't have those same experiences. And I heard a guy teaching on this, which I thought was really good, and he says, here's we don't do good with tensions, we don't do good with these things, and so here's typically what we do is, one, we... We explain it away because it seems too messy. Well, what, what if what if we pray and, and seek for healing and the authority of Jesus to heal, and yet we don't see it happen? We experience disappointment. Well, maybe this isn't. You know, we don't want to get people's hopes up. And so here's what we're going to do: we're just going to affirm what he did. We'll just say this was just to reveal that he was the Messiah. But then from that on, the church, everything, this doesn't really hold a place. I mean, yes, it may happen, but it's not going to be something that's normal. Or we can go in the exact opposite way. Oh, I think people similar want to be faithful to the text, but can begin to manipulate things to begin to deceive people. And we've seen this people on television, but there are people that yeah. deceive people. Like I, like I have a story, I didn't tell it Sunday because I didn't have time, but one of my really, really good friends had a had a – a girlfriend, not a, like a girlfriend, but a friend that was a girl that had a similar blood disorder as even we read in the um, the story in the Gospels. H- horrible, horrible thing that was going on. And um, he said that she struggled, went to doctor after doctor after doctor, and could could not do, uh, couldn't find an answer. And so she was praying about it, and she began to look up some of these healer, these these televangelists heal, mm-hmm. healing people. And so she went, and one of the things that they said when they went to the front, you have to fill out a thing of what you have. And, you know, they tell you that you, you all will get to go there and you'll get to, he'll pray for you, you know, that whole deal. So that happens, and they don't even call it, like, dismiss her completely, like didn't even pray for her, didn't he, just totally dismissed her. And, and wow. he says that she remembers she went into the bathroom just bawling, crying. 
And just like, not saying what they did was fake or real, but it was like this thing of like she had a legitimate thing that was coming for healing, and they just didn't even didn't even allow her to even talk to the preacher. Yeah. And kind of just dismissed it, really. And so those, and so there's been people that have been hurt like that. And so there, I think there's, and so there's this struggle that we have. And and I, if I can just be honest, and look, there's this. Look, I don't understand. I don't. Um, but I, I don't think that we, because we don't understand everything, means that we. I think it'd be foolish for us to just jump to. Let's try to manipulate everything to be that, or for us just to be like, well, yeah, it may happen, but. I don't have the right to come to Jesus and ask mm. for these things, you know, and boldly come before the throne and say, God, you, you did this and I, and I need your healing, you know? And, and, and like, and I say this, not knowing all the answers, like the healing and deliverance ministry of Jesus wasn't just like a sidebar of what he did. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think sometimes we dismiss it of like, well, you know, it's just a little aspect of what he did. I mean, it was a major part of what his ministry, you know, and even like, First and foremost, does what does he address sin? Did he come first and foremost for sin? Is it, I mean, and he he'll tell this to the paralytic who's lower down. You have a sin problem first and foremost, or you have a physical problem, but he still didn't ignore the physical problem. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so I think there's that we we can't just dismiss his healing and deliverance ministry that Jesus did and just be like, well, it's just something that kind of like just a part. Like this is a major. Well, we'll see when we go through Matthew. We're going to read story after story after story. Like this is a major part of what he came to do: bring yeah. about, demonstrate the power of the kingdom, uh, the nature of the kingdom of wholeness. And so, for us, yes, there's tension. Yes, there's. But I, look, for me, I, I think I want to be as faithful as I can. And so, like, if people, like, I want to pray for healing. I, I, want, I want to ask and say, God, I want, I want to see your healing power. You know, uh, and. It, if it doesn't go the way that I pray, Lord, I trust you, you know, but, but it's not to discourage me to, to seek and to pray and say, God, this is, this is what you do. And so we want to, you know, be a part of that. And so I, I know there's even people listening. I know there's, it could be uncomfortable and there's all this, what do we do with this? But I, I think we can't be afraid or we can't be because there's tension exists in this, that we run from it, ignore it, just like, eh, I don't really want to deal with it. Well, I don't, I don't think that's what we're to do with scriptures. Like, yeah, eh, you know, I kind of, you know, don't like that, or it makes me feel uncomfortable, or I, you know, like, yeah, I just ignore it. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's what we need to do. Yeah, you know, because it's a major part of what Jesus did. Absolutely. And so I think for us just to dismiss it to be like, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I don't. It seems like it mattered a pretty good bit. You know <laughs> that, and as we meet needs, as we pray for people and pray expectantly, you know, and so. I don't know. It's it's a whole. It can open up a whole can, you yeah, know, for can. people. And 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 it's the same thing I said Sunday. And it's still, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't have the answers. And if you come to me for answers, there's still there's mystery there. There's mystery and there's tension. Um, but at the church, we don't want to be the type of church that runs from tension or runs from mystery. But we want to embrace it and say this is something that we, you know, what we're going to pray through. We're going to seek, and you know, we're we're just going to be led by the Holy Spirit and, and, you know, those kind of things. So, yeah. Well, man, our last question, um, who you got in the big game Sunday? Is there a game coming up? There's a, there's a pretty big one. Uh, they call it, uh, I think it's the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. It's the uh, um, Chiefs and 49ers. So we'll see how good of friends we are. Yeah, I'm going for the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> My man. Well, I say that. Sometimes when it's teams I don't really care about. I mean, wow. you know what I'm saying? It, teams I'm not really – like it will end up happening eventually at the game. If I'm watching it, I'll eventually, even if I go in with somebody, 
like May third quarter, I'd be like, you know, I'm rooting for the 49ers right now. Wow. Well, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I hope the Chiefs win. I think uh, I think they will. They should. Granted, I mean, we were pulling for the Astros in the World Series, but that's a long conversation we probably didn't get to either. Yeah, cheaters and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, (laughs) hurtful. Well, man, I super appreciate you sitting down and answering some questions with us today. Yep, for sure. See.